restart it? Like, of course. No, you can. Ju no, you just keep going. I'm talking. I'm talking to him. Hey everyone, I'm Isabel Estevez, and I am thrilled to welcome you to the very first episode of my podcast, Every Day Above Ground. Before we dive into today's topic, you probably need to know why on earth you would want to listen to a word I have to say. And plot twist, I'm going to start out with who I am not. So, I am not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I didn't go to an Ivy League school. Uh, start over. Sorry. Because I heard a beep, too. What was the beep? I don't know, like, what the hell? Because then it, it's just going to keep going, isn't it? Things are a little bad. <laughs> it literally felt like things are a little bad. Everything's going to keep going until it dies. Okay, well, I'm glad that we weren't recording then. Dude, shut the door. Okay. You can... I don't know the passcode. No. It doesn't. No, just let it. Just let it ride. Okay. Ready? Hey, everyone. I'm Isabel Estevez, and I am thrilled to welcome you to the very first episode of my podcast, Every Day Above Ground. Before we dive into today's topic, you probably need to know why on earth you would want to listen to a word I have to say. And plot twist, I'm going to start with who I am not. And so I'm not a doctor, not a therapist. I didn't go to an Ivy League school, and I don't claim to have this world, or my life for that matter, figured out just yet. But I have made it through some very severe trauma in my life most of which happened before the age of 20. Like what? Like navigating my life with a severe and very visible skin disorder since age five, experiencing my dad's death at age 12, plus two near-death experiences of my own by age 15. And I also helped my mom raise my three brothers while going to school and also working throughout my 20s. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. But it's all true, and this was the start of my life. What I love about it, though, is that despite every single obstacle I've experienced, I've survived, and I've thrived 100% of the days on Earth. So I see each day as a new opportunity, and I'm always seeking new ways to learn or teach others and show them the world really isn't that bad. This is why I decided to name this podcast Every Day Above Ground. Now, on to today's topic, and it's something I happen to know a ton about, which is situationships, as I like to say, the Titanic of all relationships. I actually asked my guest today, Farah Whittemore, to pick the topic, and low-key, I was excited when she suggested this and agreed to join me. Now, listeners are probably like, wait, who's Farah? So Farah works at the front desk at the MMA gym I go to for kickboxing. 
And what I love about Farah is from the very beginning, she was warm and welcoming. She bothered to remember my name very quickly. And it always just has a shine about her. As I got to know her more, I see so much of my younger self in her. When she picked this topic, I thought it was perfect because Farah is going to bring her experience from a high school college lens. And I'm going to begin to share mine from the lens of a mm, 40 something out of a long term relationship, single mom of three boys attempting to date in a new world complete with apps and very, very low attention span. My hypothesis is that even with the age gap, our worlds and views on dating are going to be similar. And the hope is you gain a multi-view perspective on the lessons we've learned so far about situationships. So with that, I want to thank you, Farah, for joining me today and welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm like, I'm over the moon and I'm just like, I can't wait to dig into this topic. But before we do, I know I gave kind of a 40,000 foot view of who you are, but I'd like you to just take a few more moments to tell people a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, so my name's Farah. Um, I'm 18. I just graduated high school. I've been homeschooled um, my middle school years through high school. So um, I work at the MMA gym and um, I'm in a long relationship. We've been dating for a little over a year. So, yeah. Okay, and that's good because now we're, you know, already a relationship, uh, good, but how about, have you ever been in a situationship? I have. I've been in a few. <laughs> One of them was pretty traumatic. Okay. So. All right. And maybe before we dive into that, for the sake of listeners, would you kind of help me define, at least to you, what a situationship is? Yeah. Um, for me, I feel like my situationship, at least, was super euphoric um, with somebody where there's no strings attached, no commitment. Um, but so it really is just a roller coaster of emotions with like an undefined relationship. And it's that undefined, like kicking the can around about what you two are really are. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the focus of today, because I do think you can have a situationship where two people are totally aware and totally in agreement with what's going on. Mm -hmm. But what we should focus on today is when it's kind of not balanced and maybe you've got one person kind of thinking or hoping it's going to turn into something else, yeah. uh, that it eventually turns into like a solid relationship and then it doesn't. So what would you say if you kind of think back to your experiences in these like situationships, what would you say, looking back, are some of the signs? What are some of, like, the early signs that you noticed? Um, definitely, I feel like one of the first ones I noticed was the plans were never in advance. They were always, what are you doing tonight? What are you doing at 10? Super late in the night, super last minute. I feel like that's definitely one of them. I feel like the most obvious sign is when they're like, oh, I'm just kind of busy. Like, I don't know if I can actually have a girlfriend right now. And it's kind of like, oh, okay, like being delusional. Like, they'll they'll be ready. Yeah. I feel like those are bigger signs. Um, it's kind of like you feel like you can, you know, I use this idea of like a sinking ship. It's like 
And that's why I said the Titanic, because it's like, you already know this ship is probably going to sink, but it's like, right? <laughs> you're getting duct tape, you're like, you're doing all these different things exactly. to like, try to make it work and try to turn around mm -hmm. something that is pretty doomed from the beginning. And I won't say all the time, because I do think, you know, maybe people are able to turn it around. But I also think that like, some people also win the lotto, like, how much are you really going to put into it? And so I kind of like thought about the different signs myself. And I, you kind of touched on one of them, but it's like you're getting the bare minimum from someone. Mm -hmm. And the worst part is when at least when you're on like that end of the situationship, you get excited. I don't well, I don't know about you, but like I think about the ones that I've been in. And it's like they text and I'm like, oh, my God, like, you know, oh, my gosh, yeah. let me answer it right away. Like, what do they want? Blah, blah, blah. And, and like you said, and then it'll be like a last minute. Hey, mm -hmm. you know, what are you doing? Don't do you hate that? Do you I mean, hate when somebody's like, hey? Yeah, well, 100 <laughs> percent. Um, I really do hate that uh, whenever it's somebody I am like talking to like yeah. that. And it's like, you've been waiting all day for their text back. And it's like, sorry, I was at the gym and I'm like for six hours. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, okay, in the 1800s, maybe that works. But now people are so tied to their phones. Right. It's like, how hard is it for you to just text and say, hey, I'm busy or hey, I see you, you know, like acknowledge the person, but I'll get back to you. Right. And it's like, these days, you can't even get that. And so it's really kind of that inconsistency in communication. I think another, you touched on this one as well. It's like every night can't be Netflix and chill. Mm -hmm. You know, I think another big thing for me is like, we were in one where you like never met their friends or their family. And it's, yeah. and it's like either you're a loner or you're hiding me from the world. Well, you know, what's crazy is I met all of his friends and family. Oh. That's where it took a spin. Yeah. That's why I was so thrown back. And that's the unfortunate part, right? Like, because in that situation, you actually met the family and friends. Was he calling you his girlfriend? He would always refer to me as his date, which is another red flag. Oh. <laughs> this is my date for the night. And it's like, oh. call me your girlfriend. Oh, my gosh. Farrah, yeah. tell me, like, after one date, you were done. No. I... Oh, no. <laughs> no. Um. So we started talking over snapchat actually we had mutual friends yeah um he was it was just around the holidays he was like hey we have an annual gingerbread thing i was like okay i'll come well i met his friends family family of friends but he never referred to me as, as his girlfriend always as his date um <laughs> he asked me to come over to his house multiple times hey Ferris here yeah nothing of those sorts um and i kept going back so I never stopped going back. Yeah. Um, which was another red flag. Do you think like, okay, so even if you're meeting consistently, like this is a great point or a great thought rather, like, do you think that in that relationship that it was maybe just like only ever on the surface and no real depth to it? So it was like, they gave you enough just to know and kind of emotionally connect with with them but not enough to like back them into wanting to commit yeah um like how yeah. much did you really know about this guy if you think about it 
I feel like I knew quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it could have just been him being manipulative. Yeah. Of that. Um, I don't know. I feel like I knew a lot about him. And whenever he would tell me, like, no, like, I want you to be my girlfriend. I just need a little bit of time. I thought that meant he was going to ask me to be his girlfriend. So, you know. Yeah. Two different definitions of one thing. It's the drag along. And I think, like, I just. So I had a situation where it was, like, in terms of, like, the depth of the relationship and why I got so emotionally attached was because. He would always um, focus the conversation on me. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be like super excited. I'm like, you want to hear about my day? Yeah. You want to hear about me folding socks? Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you how difficult it was to find a match to that sock. And he would be like all in into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Now stepping back and like seeing it in hindsight, I think he did that because he didn't want to open up about himself. Like, he didn't want to, like, deepen the connection by being vulnerable because I feel like he was very emotionally available. And it's something that, like I said, you almost, until you experience it, I feel like a bit of what this podcast and in my whole journey in life is, like, to go to the younger version of myself and be like, okay, I did this, this, and this. Don't do this. Mm -hmm. And this, I feel like, is a really, really big one because – you're just thinking like, oh my God, this person is so in love with me and they want to know all about me. And it's really that they don't want you to know all about them. Yeah, that is very true. Very, very sneaky tactics. And, you know, you touched on another great one too, which was just kind of like that convenience factor. And Mm -hmm. I'm guilty. I'm guilty of it too. Hey, I'm, you know, going to come around at 10. Are you free? I'm like, yeah, let me just move 10,000 of my plans, you know, sure, no problem. Yeah. I can make it work. So it's it's a bit of that, like, imbalance, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that we've kind of, like, discussed situationships and kind of some of the signs, tell me a little bit about the relationship that you're in now. Obviously, you know, you don't have to go into depth, but I want people to kind of begin to have a clear understanding of what a healthier relationship looks like okay yeah um so i actually met him at war he's a wrestler <gasps> wait he tri- <gasps> i don't know this okay. <laughs> oh, yes, <it's> spicy. So, <laughs> about a year and a half ago ish um well a little less than a year and a half um he was wrestling at war um and i kind of like just saw his name on snapchat pop up and i was like this looks really familiar so i added him we're talking come to find out he wrestles there i work there um so he took me on a date um and then ever since then we kind of just hit it off i guess i met his family um the same night he asked me to be his girlfriend which was crazy but i was like okay um he's super super understanding like a literal saint you know um helps me through so much stuff seriously he's very uplifting um he communicates very well which i really really like because i feel like past people in my life just kind of kept quiet um but he does have an opinion on things and he'll let you know which i completely just love about him yeah so i feel like all those things to me are very healthy communication um i see him regularly which is really helpful for me because i have like attachment issues so um he's he's really great um so i feel like those are some of the qualities 
that make it healthy. Yeah. And so I think about like, you know, what you're saying about clear communication, (sighs) clear communication, lots of people think they're great communicators or very clear in communication. Like I think about one of my last situationships, he was like prideful about it. I am very clear in communication and expressing what I want and blah, 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 blah. Um, people are good at communication until you get to an uncomfortable conversation Mm -hmm. and then you really start to see (laughs) how clear or not clear they are. And so I think that's like a big one. And you touched on another one, which is critical. Um, and that's boundaries, right? Like you established boundaries as part of your relationship and you have mutual commitment. These are things you're not finding in a situationship. So You get the idea of like, okay, you just meet someone. It's not like, you know, that's a red flag if they're not willing to commit right away. I think it does take time for you to get to know someone. But like after three months or so, it's like, I, what are we? It's like, what are we doing here? Because I got stuff to do. And I think, you know, I don't, I don't, there's no written rule, right? There's people who've met day one, got married. And that's, that's like a very real thing. But if I had to put like a timestamp on it, I would say by like the three month mark, if you're seeing each other pretty consistency, if the communication is consistent, you know, it's like you have to have that conversation of what are we, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that's amazing that you have someone that you have good boundaries that shown up for you that's consistent, that makes time for you, right? Because you had the experience and I, literally like just got over this experience people are busy okay I'm very busy Mm -hmm. I'm a mother I work a very full-time job for a global consulting firm I you know help out with my family I exercise I do all sorts of things right so I'm incredibly busy I find time for the people and I make time for them Mm -hmm. for the people I want in my life and what I always say is People will either find time or give you excuses. Right. And so that's like a really, really big pain point for me. I don't know what your attachment style, but mine is like anxious attachment. So it's like I tend to be a rather, and I don't even think it's fair to say, but like needy person in a relationship where it's like I love the attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and so – would you say that that's your style kind of as well? I mean, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But it's not a bad thing. I think, you know, the attachment styles and things of that nature seem to always get a bad rap. Mm-hmm. It's really just comes out to be how we were raised and the things that we experienced when we were younger. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I don't know about you, and it's probably because you've also, like, done the situationship thing. I attach people – I attract people who are emotionally unavailable. Like, they're just, like – again, for my ship reference, like, they got just a ton of holes poked in. And I'm just like, it's okay. It's okay. I just, you know, use that spray to (laughs) patch the holes up. Or I've like got buckets of water that I'm like, okay, you know, we can, we can make this work. And so 
tell me like what do you think in terms like do you feel like you attract those type of people I feel like I definitely used to Mm -hmm. um especially with that situation that I was just talking about 100 percent and he was very like hey by the way like I am like not a good person for you like Mm. he told me that he literally told me I'm not a good person for you and I was like I can fix you like I felt like their needs uh came before my needs so that way like oh she cares about me so much I'm not gonna leave her that was my mindset so definitely like trying to help people is was something I was like attracting it's so crazy because I feel the exact same way. And this is like, I'm telling you, a part of me is like burning inside because my hypothesis is correct. Men of all ages, not just men, women also play games too, but like people of all ages are all like on the same game or like the same (laughs) thing. And I think this is why I said you remind me so much of a younger version of myself mm-hmm. because I I am like the Chip and Joanna gains of fixer-uppers. <laughs> like yeah. I just think that I can fix everyone and it has not done well for me like in terms of relationships because what happens or what happened was I would find myself attracted to the bad boys or the ones that were hard to get because I'm like, ooh, a challenge. Like, oh, my God, this is so much fun. Yeah. Turns out, as you were saying earlier, uh, it's not really as much fun as you think it is, and you're not going to change them. And the thing is, is, like, there's this saying that I kind of always eye roll, but it's true. When someone shows or tells you who they are, believe them the first time, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like – you heard that guy tell you, like, hey, I'm no good for you. And I've heard that before, too, you know, and I'm like, ooh, like a real, ch-, you know, this is like <laughs> a physical challenge. Like, I love it. You know, like, what are we going to do here? Would not, like, 10 out of 10, do not recommend to anyone my age, Farah's age, and anywhere in between <laughs> or above, like, just don't do it. Like, yeah. just say no. Seriously, say no. Yeah. So we, so I think that's probably like a good segue into the question of why, why Farah, why do we accept this kind of behavior? Why do we do it? What are your thoughts? I felt like, so I felt like I did it because he was a rebound for me. Mm. And so seriously, I had broken up with my ex of two years, two weeks later, met this other guy i almost said his name um (laughs) oops tell us no i'm just kidding (laughs) um so i rebounded and i was like i need somebody because i didn't know how to be a normal person without a boyfriend or somebody else i didn't know how to function without somebody telling me good night i love you you know Mm, what i mean mm -hmm. um and i really just needed to i felt like at that moment in my life is that i needed somebody because i couldn't be myself with just me and then I realized later on I I was I was wrong but I 100% believe like I stayed through all of it because I didn't want to be alone because I was scared and I felt like any like anything that was happening with this situationship 
I could fix and it was just going to be fine in the morning, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's why I stayed. Yeah. It's like you want to have them to have this like come to come to light moment where it's like, oh, that's why I love Farah so much. And I want to make her my girlfriend or wife or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? And the thing is, is like you keep hoping for it to come, keep hoping for it to come, but it doesn't. And it's just, I get it. I've been there where it's like, well, okay, I can either be with this person or I can be alone. And I mean, 1000%, I've many, many times stayed much longer than I should have mm -hmm. because I didn't want to be alone. Right. And I, I don't know if it's, it may not be true for you, but for me, a big thing was like operating out of a scarcity mindset. And so that's me at, you know, in my late 30s, now 40s, with three kids. Um, most people my age are, or around my age, the people I would date, either are in relationships, like in the prime of their relationships, or they just got out of one, or, you know, they're single guys with no kids who want kids or who don't want kids, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like, I very much operated from a scarcity mindset, like, okay, I have to make this work because like, who else is going to pick me? Yeah. Do you, at your age, do you ever feel any of that? 100%. Like, do you really? 100%. Tell me a little bit about that. So, um, okay. Okay, I'm not going to say that. So, <laughs> I feel like the person that I'm always with, no matter who it is, how, doesn't matter how long it was, it has been, I always feel like I have to see this person because if we break up, I'm done forever. I yeah. feel like I can't ever find anybody else. That or I will try to look for that person and everybody else that I meet. Yeah. Which is hard because, you know, there's only one version of that person. And um, so, yeah, I seriously do feel like um, – I wouldn't find anybody else if I broke up with some whoever. Yeah, and so it's like it keeps you in this loop of trying to fix something that's unfixable, trying to control a situation, mm -hmm. a situationship, um, trying to control something, and it ends up controlling you. Because mm -hmm. that's exactly like what happened to me is I would be like, okay, well – if I text him, if I, you know, like, oh, maybe he needs this, like, reminder that I exist. I don't know why, but okay, you know, like, we'll go with it. Um, so I think, like, scarcity mindset, trying to think of, like, some of the other reasons. Oh, low self-worth mm -hmm. and self-esteem issues. And, you know, I say it now, like, ugh. Um, because it's almost ridiculous now that I look back on it after all these years. But aside from having like a scarcity mindset, and it's going to sound ridiculous, but I've always been very strong looking on the outside, very solid. And I would say like razor thin paper on the inside. Mm -hmm. And so my idea of like my self-worth and you touched on it and almost like I can't even I look at you and I'm just like, I can't even believe she just said that 
because that's exactly how I felt. And I look at you and I think, oh my, you're, you're so beautiful. You're so smart. Thank you're you. so kind hearted. Like, why would she think that? Um, but you talked about kind of putting other people on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. And that was like literally my thing. Um, just thinking that someone is like way up here and I'm somewhere like rock bottom on the floor and I just better be like so thankful that this person is even giving me a shot yeah. at them. Yeah. And it just like it breaks my heart, but it is like a self-esteem thing. And there's something that I heard recently on a separate podcast um, where they interviewed Matthew McConaughey, the actor, and he said he used to do that too, which is like insane, but that he said you need to operate from a place of less impressed, more involved. Okay. And I love that statement because it's so true. Mm -hmm. When I start to think back about the people that I really, really held way up high on a pedestal, like some of these guys. Yeah. When it came down to it, like sometimes when they were talking – I don't even think I was fully taking in what they were saying because I'm just like dead in there. I'm like, tell me more. Who yeah. cares? Like you're so high, you know, like so high up. It's like, I'm not even paying attention to what you're saying now that I think about it. Did you ever, do you ever have moments like that? I definitely do. Yeah. Like I do. What are some of the ways that you like put people on a pedestal? Like what are some of the things that you have done in the past that maybe like compromises your boundaries and your worth by putting them on a pedestal. Ooh, I feel like I kind of already said this, but it's like them hurting me mentally. I would let this guy hurt me as much as he want mentally just to have the satisfaction that he would tell me he still likes me the next day. Mm -hmm. Like whether that would be like him telling me like I'm literally like nothing or <gasps> oh my goodness like <laughs> just being like you're just too much for me oh my gosh I you know should have taken that as a sign to go pack my bags up and leave yeah but, you know I was like I'm sorry like I will change for you mm -hmm. when I guess all I wanted was just to be validated you wanted his approval I wanted his approval and yeah you know and I feel like maybe this for you too did your friends like like me to leave but then your friends tell you that <laughs> My friends and my mother of like, okay, my mom, I don't know. I kind of disqualify her because she always says that no one will ever be good enough for me. But like the amount of people that would be like, if this dude, mm -hmm. you know, like F this guy, Isabel, like you're beautiful. You're this, you're that. What are you, who cares about this guy? Like he's for nada, you know, like he's nothing. Um, And I would be so, would you get defensive? so defensive oh my, oh my gosh so defensive yeah it got to the point where my dad was just like i don't want to hear about it yeah <laughs> i had a friend my best friend one time told me i was telling her all the problems she's like unless you're gonna leave you need to stop talking to me like right now Yo, yeah my <laughs> like, best friend yeah she said almost the exact same thing she yeah. was there the day i started talking to him she saw me snap him she goes do not expect anything more <laughs> i'm like you don't even know she's like i can feel it she was right like she sees the she sees the Titanic she sees the iceberg she no, sees the yeah. hole in the ship like she sees everything no, and we're seriously. just like eh, okay, it can what's work. funny is the day that like okay so I'm not even the one who like found my self worth and ended things um he ended things with me so I call oh her my up God, the same ending to me 
<laughs> no, that's so bad. I call her up and for some reason it was like 12 in the morning when I decided to tell her she's asleep. But when I called her, she answered and knew exactly what happened. She's like, I told you so. And yeah. I was like, that's not what I needed to hear. Yeah. But it was weird. So I was like, how did you know that? But um, yeah, they see it all. Mm -hmm. They see it all. And it's like, you know, you're just you have you operate with such blinders on. Mm -hmm. um, and it was but it was like literally the same thing I'm like i can make this work i can make this work and then it was like no i also had i've also had ones that were like less involved yeah. where like i was seeing this guy and um and it was kind of good because he had kids i had kids we never like you know n they've not met my kids right um but he he would always have like a myriad of excuses. I know that he had a business, but like it was just, it was so ridiculous. And it's just like, I, when I finally was like, oh my God, this guy can kick rocks unless he's talking about like actually going on a date, I'm done. Yeah. And so I was like, literally told him that because I'm super clear in communication. And I do think like that's a good point to bring up for situationships. You have to be very clear and stand firm on what you want. Exactly. Because then if you're not, if you don't do that, you're a part of the problem and not the solution. Mm -hmm. So it's like I told him like very clearly, hey, you need to take me out or like just forget that's about it. it. Like yeah. that's it. And he was just like, okay, well, let me know if you change your mind. <laughs> like <laughs> change my mind. I'm like, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, and that didn't go any further, but it does happen a lot mm -hmm. because I am typically the person to go down with the Titanic. I, and in every other aspect of life, I'm like the lifeboat comes, I'm like, see ya, I'm getting right on. When it mm -hmm. comes to men, oh. I'm like sitting there with a violin player, just waiting for this watching whole thing to take. Yeah. By. Like just watching all the lifeboats go by. Like, Bye. yeah. Like, see you guys. It's, I'm, we're going to make it work. We're going to figure it out. Like, just, you know, and then it's just like, it's just <laughs> like, going okay. down. Yeah. And it's like, I, and I know now because I put in a lot of work after to realize mm, I'm, a little more a part of the problem than <laughs> I thought I was. And so I think that might be like a good thing to dive into here. So let's say, you know, listeners are listening. They thought they were like in a potential future relationship. And now they're just like, crap, I'm in a situationship. <laughs> How do I get out? What are some of the things, you know, I know you said on yours that this, this person you know, had to walk away. But like, what are some of the things that you have done or that you would do differently in order to get out of one? Um, well, I guess if I was doing everything differently, I wouldn't get in it. But yes. since that's not yes. the, <laughs> um, as, as harsh as it, as harsh as it sounds, um, ghost them. <laughs> I am savage. so 100% serious. Savage. I've done that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, what would you do? Um, so 
I mean, I've done it a couple of different ways. It just depends. Like, okay, sometimes I've been where it's like, like I said, I'm sitting there with the violinist as the boat's going down mm -hmm. and then they have to, you know, end it. Other times I put my foot down. I yeah. am like, you know what? Screw this. Um, I'm worth more than that, mm -hmm. you know? And if that person can't see it, and even if that means I have to be alone again, it's better than putting up with that nonsense. Mm -hmm. And so I think if anybody is feeling like they're in a situationship and now having been through more than my fair share in life, what I would do differently is if I felt that way, I would begin to look inward and right. say, okay, <laughs> what is it about me that is willing to accept this kind of behavior? Because mm -hmm. like if I go to McDonald's and they get my order wrong, like all hell is breaking loose, right? <laughs> like I break loose for less, yeah. right, is my point. But now here comes someone that I'm just letting like dog walk me, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not claiming me, you're wishy-washy, you're, you know, you're so, you know, I must be dating like the most important person on planet Earth because you're yeah. so busy all the time. What is it about me that's allowing that type of behavior? And that's a hard question, yeah. right? Like mm -hmm. when you really begin to look inward, um, I will say, again, now knowing what I know, one of the books that I will forever until the day I die talk about to everyone and anyone is this book called Codependent No More mm -hmm. by Melody Baden. And I would say everyone, if there's one book if everyone could only read one book in this life, it needs to be that book. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of what we talked about um, teeters on the idea of codependency. And I think that people are dismissive of codependency because yeah. they think it's something that can only happen in a narcissistic relationship. I know that's like a big heavy buzzword for, for years now. Um, but it's just not true. Like when you dig into the core of what codependency is and kind of how it happens, you start to see like, uh, wait a minute, uh, my self-worth isn't where I thought it was. My need, right? We talked about like the idea of needing someone. That is often like a sign of codependency. Yeah. And it's like, what you then do and what that book begins to teach you to do, and obviously you have to put in the work yourself, um, is that you don't need anybody. Yeah. Like, spoiler alert, you, when you feel like you are enough on the inside, you don't seek outside approval and you don't need anyone else to fill the love that you're looking for because it's all within you. Mm -hmm. And it's super deep, but I will say changed my whole entire perspective on life, on what I'm willing to put up with and what I'm not. Because even like recently I've met guys and, you know, it's like when you start to show me those inconsistencies, I'm not even entertaining it. My yeah. time is worth so much more than that. And everyone should feel that way. It's not that I think that I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's how I feel about myself. Mm -hmm. And I sleep very well at night um, all by myself. And yeah. I can keep doing it 
until I find the right person that I want to complement my life and not fill my life. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So I would say that that book is an absolute game changer. And I think even for, for people who are like, eh, I'm not codependent or it, because the book um, uses the theme of alcoholism, but it actually can be a bunch of different things that people are pretty dismissive of it. Mm -hmm. But it's such a life-changing read if you let it, okay. if you put in the work. You know, I would say the other thing to be very honest is therapy. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of um, therapy gets a bad rap. I think people are being more open and honest about it now. Um, I love my therapist. Mm -hmm. um, we sit there and she actually just told me the other day she's a power lifter and I have like a bit of my mind goes other places. I digress. But, um, you know, if you can afford therapy, fantastic. Do it. Why not? If you can't, the book. Mm -hmm. And if you can't, you don't want to focus on the book start with like videos yeah but you gotta start really searching about what it is that makes you put that person on a pedestal mm -hmm. and what makes you be willing to accept your kind of like non-negotiables because yeah. you sh the bare minimum like the bare minimum who wants the bare minimum who deserves the bare minimum absolutely nobody deserves yeah. it um yeah but we, but we do it, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like when you start to get into, okay, wait, why is that? It's very, very uh, enlightening. Enlightening. Don't get me wrong. It, to do inner work on that level, mm -hmm. you're talking about like fundamental change, really digging deep into your past. Yeah. Um, and it, when you start to do that, so like need for attention, I'll just say that one because I always will describe myself as kind of like an anxious attachment, needy person. Um, you know, a big part of that was because, as I mentioned, my dad passed away when I was young. And my mom was like working all, all the time, right? Because now she's carrying the entire household by herself. She worked a ton. She worked dreadful, dreadful hours. Mm -hmm. So when she got home, she was just like zoned out yeah. and you never really knew what or when you would get her attention. And again, this is not a knock on my mom, right? But it's just the fact of life that I went through. Yeah. And so it was like when I could find ways to get her attention, whether that was good or bad, I would take it. Yeah. And so like when I was younger, I was like, for a while, like an A++ student. That stopped getting her attention because eventually she's like, what am I going to go to your parent-teacher conference for? They're going to tell me you're a great student. So I'm like, mm, okay, so now I'll just be a bad student and then you'll have to go to my parent-teacher conference. Mm -hmm. And so that's what happened was like, I would start to find different ways yeah. to work to get her attention, whether it was good or bad. And so... Now I've taken you like, you know, my therapist is probably shaking her head if she ever hears this, but it's like, that's the, that's the reality, yeah. right? Like when you start to do that inner work and you really start getting deep down into why you needed the attention, then you can work to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it has good. to start somewhere because otherwise yeah. you're like, what's the longest situationship? 
Like how long? Have I been in? Yeah. Like what's the longest? Three months. That was the worst okay. one. <laughs> I did one for five months. <laughs> I did it like it was, I made it sound like it was a jail stint. <laughs> I was in for five months. Um, and that oh, one, feels like it. <laughs> that one was similar to the one that you mentioned earlier, because that guy told me from the beginning, from the beginning was like, I'm six months out of a divorce, you know, my emotionally, like I'm not there. Mm -hmm. But also to your point earlier, it was conflicting because the more we saw each other, he was like, wait, I want to see you two days out of the week. I want to see you three days out of the week. So now yeah. you think it's going somewhere. Right. You know? Well, my mom doesn't know this, but... Uh -oh. um, <laughs> Ooh, oh my gosh. Um, sorry, I, I got mom. all sorts of stuff. This is exciting. Yeah. Sorry, Ashley. <laughs> sorry, mom. You don't know this, but I... But, um, my family was leaving to go out of town for a holiday. I don't remember. I think it was Christmas time. Well, he texted me and was like, I want to see you before you go out of town. Well, we were leaving really early the next morning. And my parents were like, hang out with him if you want. But they like did not like really approve of him because I would like be crying every night. So they're like, I mean, do whatever you want. You know, just tell us what you're doing. Well, I was like ashamed to tell them that I was going to go hang out yeah. with him. So I went to this coffee shop at 6 a.m to see him before I had to go on a road trip that same day just because he told me he wanted to see me before I left <laughs> and I told Ugh. my parents I was just going to go get coffee super early for no reason oh my gosh yeah it burns my heart I guess it's like you know back to the idea of when a relationship is good it's balanced mm -hmm. and you're not having to like jump through hoops play a guessing game, yeah. put in more time and effort than the other person. Like, there's so much. Situationships. <laughs> oh, situationships. Do you feel like what they put you through, did you put other people through that? Did you turn oh, into them? Oh, man, Farah, like, what kind of... <laughs> <sighs> like, <sighs> you kind of were using their, like, little... <sighs> Yes, I have. Mm -hmm. I have. And, you know, oh, man, that's why I feel like karma is very real. Oh, and, yeah. oh, my gosh. Like, yes, I've I've gotten it ten, back 10 times worse. I hate to admit that. But, yes, I've done it, too. Um, I, And I will give you, like, there was this guy. And he was just a gem. Okay? Like, so sweet. So like, oh my gosh, complimentary, good morning, good night, mm -hmm. like everything that you say you want until you actually get it. If you're not healed mm -hmm. and you're not emotionally available, because that's the big thing. <laughs> like I'm demonizing the other person, yeah. but you yourself are not emotionally available as either. Yeah. And so it's like he, he was just oh, sweet as pie sweet as pie and he wanted to like he wanted me to be his girlfriend he wanted to meet my kids like he was just all in and I this is actually this is a great example of of a situationship so eventually I realized I was going to hurt this person yeah and to be oh gosh this is such a hard truth to admit for me, that relationship, as sweet as he was, was like out of convenience. Mm -hmm. Because at the time, 
my mom had just moved and my brother had just moved in with me for a bit before they established their ground here in Houston. And I just needed to like get away. <laughs> and I, oh my God, that's what I did. Like used him a little as my getaway. I mean, I enjoy the time that I spent with him, yeah. but it wasn't genuine. And when I could just see that he was just like, I would, and then sometimes I wouldn't answer his texts. And he would be like, it's okay, it's okay, you know, don't yeah. worry about it, you're busy, making excuses for me. Yeah. Finally, I just had to be like, I think we were supposed to go for, like, one of his friend's weddings. Again, like, I'm like, oh, you know, like, meet friends, like, all the things you, you want, want, right? But I just was mentally, yeah. I was not there. Mm -hmm. And um, so he had invited me, and I was just like, no, I'm not going to go. Mm -hmm. And then I realized at that point, like, Isabel – that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> you need to just end things with him. And I did. I went in person and I was like, look, I think you're amazing. I think you deserve a great partner. It's not me. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not in this for the right reasons. I'm not as healed as I thought I was. I just can't. Yeah. And so, yeah, I did. But I, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I've I've strung a lot of people yeah, along no. in life. I yeah. definitely did that exact same thing. What's funny is this guy knew the other guy from the situationship. So I was like, oh, you know yeah. him? Post me because he's going to get jealous. <laughs> no, I used him. And I will admit, I'm... Yeah. Oh, he was the sweetest guy. He would bring me coffee to work. <laughs> uh, I've known him forever. I just didn't know he knew this other guy. Yeah. But I was like, I saw they were mutuals on Instagram. So I hit him up. We went to a drive-in movie. But, like, he was so nice. Like, would FaceTime Aww. me every night and was so sweet. Would bring me coffee, compliment me, invited me over, you know. But it got to a point where I was at his house and I was just getting the ick so bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, Isabel, it gets worse. I got the ick so bad that I texted my mom to call me home for a fake emergency so I could oh leave his gosh. house. So I had my mom call me. She's, like, making up this story. She is a real ring woman, by the way. Like, <laughs> I love Ashley. <laughs> and I'm, like, she's, like, oh, my gosh, Farrah, you need to get home right now. And I'm, like, oh, my gosh, whatever his name is like i have to go i'm so sorry and then he would like be like hey are you okay like do you want to call and i would miss his calls purposely miss his text oh, messages no. and i finally had to be like look i'm sorry but yeah like you i mean you were better than me you went in person i sent him a dm over instagram no no judgment like it's a different well i did that was recent but still like yeah. zero judgment whatsoever because i've also taken your ghosting route <laughs> like i've d and i've done it like a lot yeah no well it's because <laughs> this guy didn't necessarily ghost me but he texted me like random january 3rd to be exact um <laughs> it was like i don't have the love to support you and that was like a knife through my oh. heart i was like oh what because the day before i felt like something was off okay as if the whole relationship wasn't off yeah but the day before i called him and i was like is everything okay and he was like yeah everything's fine I, like and then the next day he's like look you're just too needy for me and i'm like that's yeah and sometimes people and to be honest like i've done this too but like sometimes people are gonna blame you just because it's easier mm -hmm. you know and sometimes yeah. sometimes they'll blame themselves like i've also been in that situation too there's a great uh i don't know if it's a quote or statement what you would call it but that i hear that i love 
as a reminder, and that's people reject things they cannot afford every day. Mm-hmm. And I like to think of this as like, think about like, I don't know how into fashion, I'm super into fashion. And I think about like a Birkin bag. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can think a Birkin bag is very nice. I can want a Birkin bag. But am I really going to go get that Birkin bag? <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. And even if I have the money, I'm not. That's a ridiculous amount of money for a bag. Yeah. But it's like people, that's true. They see things. They can admire things. It's not that you're not a beautiful girl. It's not that you're not smart or engaging or whatever. There's something in that person that's telling them they can't afford you. Yeah. So sometimes we're holding people up on pedestals. And they're doing the same thing, mm-hmm. but just like, and more probably like in the avoidant attachment styles, if you will, where it's like, okay, after this, I'm not taking it any further because I can't even keep up. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So it, it could have been that as well. Who, who knows? I think the other thing is too, especially in these situationships, is oftentimes we're digging too deep into what the other person's psyche is mm-hmm. instead of focusing on our own. Yeah. You know, yeah, like I guess, like I guess I think I've said this like twice, but I keep routing back to it. It's like their needs come before mine. Yeah, like it's a key point. It's yeah. a big, it's a big, big thing to hammer home yeah. about because literally that's what all that inner work would teach you when you begin to look inward. Is that realistically they say that everyone is just a reflection of you good or bad mm-hmm. that's it yeah so like like i said earlier why i gravitate towards you is because i see a bit of myself of good things yeah. right like yeah. within you <laughs> okay yeah. um versus you know maybe somebody who i'm like Ugh. it's because i see something about that person <laughs> that i don't yeah. like that i probably don't like about myself yeah <laughs> you know so it's like it can be um, tempting, and I've definitely done it. Like, I'm with my magnifying glass. I've got, like, every, uh, you know, video about, like, psychoanalysis and, like, what is there, this, that, and the third. But at the end of the day, it's really the only person you can control and change, potentially, is you. Yeah, it's yourself. Yeah. So I think we've covered a lot today. Yeah, but I, I absolutely loved this conversation yes um i'm thank you so much for (laughs) taking a chance and coming on and being my first guest yes thank you for having me i love it i appreciate it if you're open to it i would love to have you back Mm -hmm. we can probably talk for days yeah about a bunch of different topics yeah but I think that this was just such a great one to start out with because so many people are in, you know, I will say like at my old age, it was like it's complicated and now we call them situationships. Whatever you call them, people are still definitely experiencing them 100%. at every age group. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much, Vera, thank for you coming for having today. Me. I've had so much fun. Good. I'm glad. No, this is fantastic. Yes. And so as I close out, I just want to thank you if you made it to the end for listening. I I would expect you made it to the end because me and Farah are like off the charts amazing and super entertaining. Um, but if you did make it to the end, you know, however you listened or watched today, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And words cannot express 
how thankful I am for that. So until next episode, remember, every day above ground is a great day. Why are you laughing? Yeah, you were supposed to be writing the thing. I had to do it from memory. Okay, do oh, you know what's awesome? I got the pause. That's almost an hour. Really? Yeah. Oh my Did it gosh. feel like it? No, not 58 at all. minutes. Wow. Well, okay, it feels like that. <laughs> yeah. 58 minutes. Wow. That's like almost perfect timing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That was so much fun. Did you love it? Yes. I was nervous at first, but I feel like I kind of like no, you, warmed yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, once you warmed up, you were good. You're like, oh. And then you kind of flipped it on me to ask questions, too, which is fantastic. Yeah, sorry. I kind of thought about no, it. I was like, oh, my gosh. No, no, no. That's good because that's how conversation goes. Like, okay. you know, that's the flexibility of a podcast, mm-hmm. right? There's no real rules yeah. to what you can say or do. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's good because then that means that told me that you were comfortable. Okay. You know, like we, it's like okay, yeah. she's letting her hair down. She's really opening up. I mm-hmm. love it that you shared something. Thank you mm-hmm. for making yourself vulnerable and sharing things that yeah. you had never shared with people. I there were things I just shared that I've never said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, my friend was like, I asked you a question. I was like, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. Like, no, I no, like, no. Because then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm throwing her off, probably. No. So that's why I was like, that's no. that's what I was explaining to my son earlier. Like, even with this, he stopped moving it. Mm-hmm. So I had to continue the conversation without it. Okay. Like everything I did up to a certain was like free will, was just like free balling mm-hmm. because I didn't. Is, is it called free balling? That's when you're not wearing a zipper. Freestyling. 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 So good. I did that on purpose. I don't like freestyling. Yeah. But that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be able to adjust your sails to whatever is happening without missing a beat, right? So that thing stopped working. You would never know that thing stopped working. Yeah. I didn't. I thought he was going along. I'm like, wow, this is going really smooth. Yeah. And so it's like, well, it's not that it stopped working. He just fell asleep. Like, he stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like, with the question, it's good because it comes very authentic. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said, like, I don't like to script too much out. The opener is the opener. That makes yeah. sense. But the questions themselves and, like, what you're going to say, it's good to have the stories in the barrel. Mm-hmm. But, like, you don't want it to feel or sound scripted. Yeah. And I think I think it's going to be amazing. Like, I'm so excited yeah. to put – I wish this stupid boat thing didn't happen so that I could, like, release it this weekend. The Titanic. Submarine. Whatever. I'm giving it a week. We should die that way. I mean, we, I mean, there weren't, like, a whole lot of boat references, but are you listening to it? Right now, I'm still recording. Why are you still recording? Because behind the scenes. For real? Yeah. Dude, it's real? Did you hear what I said? Free ball? That's funny. That should be oh, in. That should be in. If you could come <laughs> freestyle. That, is, that was I, We should have open with that. <laughs> no, that would be fine. Because I like, said, like, the hay tech thing. I totally forgot about that. Because, <laughs> I, because he stopped moving the screen. I forgot that I was going to do the whole, like, how annoying is it when you hear people like, hey, 
you know, and that's all they say, and there's, like, no effort. <laughs> Maybe I'll use a free box. <laughs> just to be like just to open it it has nothing to do with anything so like no this dude I laid the whole thing out for you and there's two people who witnessed that so please you're fired you're not having any of my money <laughs> leaving it all to the dogs yes <laughs> yeah so I'm mean, good Perfect. Um, yeah. Did this, um, would you want to do, would you be interested to do more of oh, it in the future? 100%. Yeah. Because, like, I can't start one because I'm going to be too busy. So being on one yeah. is so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because you just kind of show up and, and then where's, what school are you going to? Blaine, it's in College Station, so it's only okay. about an hour out. Yeah. But, you know. You'll be back playing Sam. Are you still going to work at war or no? So, as of right now, no. I'm waiting um, to kind of see yeah. how it's going, so I'm probably going to be living there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, that's sad. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's the Okay, so he doesn't go there anymore. Oh, he okay. moved to the Woodlands, but his name is Ben, oh. but he wrestled there last year, so, yeah. He's been there for a while, and then... I never, like, knew of him. Yeah. But I always thought he was cute when he came in. So when I found out that he was on ClickApps or Snapchat, I was like, yeah. adding you? I get a lot of people, I don't know if this happens to you, but, like, I get a lot of people from war that I, like, either rarely or mm-hmm. never talk to that have found me on Instagram. And I think it might have been through, like, Fonzie or yeah on instagram and facebook facebook is crazy because there's people who are mutual friends of of our fighters who just befriend me and i'm like okay well i mean i guess i'll be your friend but instagram wrestlers oh my gosh so many i the majority of my followers are wrestlers i would say do you okay do you find this also happens now this is like totally random and not part of it but like i see and some of these guys are the fighters, okay? Literally in every single one of my stories. I'm sure that they're just going like this, but like oh. literally every single one. And then I see them in the gym, because I see you. First of all, I know you follow me. Yeah. I didn't even know who you were. Uh-huh. And then like I see you in the gym, and then I'll try to say like, like, one was there the other day, and I kind of, like, tried to say hi to him because I see him looking at my shit all the time. Mm-hmm. And then he was just, like, a deer in headlights. No, like, all of them. And not the girls, but the guys. You know? Yeah. Like, I can't cut this in. But I oh, thought... no, 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 no. I wouldn't put any names. I would never do that. Okay. If you mess with your, like, when you're in a podcast or any if you ever do anything like that yeah, do don't say names do not say names yeah you do not you would not want someone to do it to you mm-hmm. and it's just like also an integrity yeah like, huh yeah you can yeah you can say it because now we're 